Hello and welcome to the Victory Devotional Podcast. We invite you to take the next few minutes to connect with God, hear His voice, and respond in worship and prayer. Here's today's message. Let us pray. Father, our hearts are renewed in your presence. And as we have confessed, you are Emmanuel, God with us. Thank you, Lord, that we can not just go through our day, but the days ahead, Father, with confidence. Because, Lord, we have this hope as the anchor of our souls. So bless us today, Father. Speak to us by your word. And allow us, Father, to continue to uh, walk in a manner worthy of you. And give us, uh, Lord, your grace, your strength for the day that's before us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, we are continuing our series on miracles. And uh, for this, our reading this morning, let me read out of the book of Exodus, chapter 15, verses 22 to 27. Then Moses made Israel set out from the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness of Shur. They went three days in the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink the water of Marah because it was bitter. There it before it was named Marah. And the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a log, and he threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. There the Lord made for them a statute and a rule, and there he tested them, saying, If you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God, and do that which is right in His eyes, and give ear to His commandments, and keep all His statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord your healer. Then they came to Elim, where there were twelve springs of water, and seventy palm trees, and they encamped there by the water. In our series on miracles is... Uh, I believe faith building because not only we, do we see the power of God manifested in various ways to intervene on behalf of God's people, but more than that, uh, they point to, you know, they're called sometimes signs and wonders because they point to something beyond the experience of uh, deliverance or healing or provision that we uh, desire to see in our lives, but they point to who God is and how He shapes and molds and forms us into more of His image in Christ. And I believe this is true of this particular miracle. Now, um, it, you know, if you're familiar with the story, um, uh, this was after the most spectacular miracle that I believe has, that's been ever done in the biblical history, which is the parting of the Red Sea and the, the people of Israel crossing as if on dry land. And then when the Egyptians tried to follow them, they were drowned. But see, a very short time after experiencing this manifestation of power, uh, the people, uh, Moses leads them to cross the desert. And within a short period of time, they begin to be thirsty because, first of all, there was no water. And then they see this body of water, but unfortunately, it's bitter. Uh, my, my commentary readings uh, says something about this is an approximate place in uh, the, the desert region of Egypt but it's really brackish and salty water. So uh, that's what it, it seems could be the possible um, explanation of what it means uh, for the water to be bitter. So they couldn't drink it. Um, uh, 
And as a result, they started to grumble against Moses. Now, you have to remember, they have been slaves for 400 years. Of course, uh, however long they lived, okay? Uh, whoever the longest living was. It wasn't 400 years, but maybe whatever, 70, 80 years for those who were perhaps older. But nonetheless, because uh, in Exodus chapter 1, verse 14, the way they, the, the ex, uh, Moses who, uh, most li- uh, who wrote this particular um, uh, part of the Pentateuch, says their lives were made bitter by the hard labor and in their enslave and slavery in Egypt. So in, in my mind, as I reflected on this, it's understandable that uh, they would really um, uh, experience bitterness. Kumbaga, ano, yung, 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 uh, yung buhay nila, di ba? Uh, uh, I'm thinking of a word, masalimuot, uh, uh, okay? Or, or, or full of uh, just difficulty and pain. And, Unfortunately, that happens to a whole lot of people to this very day. And so, uh, in a way, maybe I'm saying I can, uh, we can identify perhaps or at least understand why the uh, Israelites would feel, uh, would start to grumble uh, because uh, not only have they experienced a life of bitterness in difficulty, of course, they've seen the miracle of God, which probably took about two to three years, you know, um, between the ten plagues and the crossing, but now short there, shortly thereafter, here they are again, uh, experience difficulty, experiencing difficulty. Um, but you know what's interesting is this grumbling did not just happen once, but it actually happened at least five other times in Exodus and and uh, the Book of Numbers. And so um, after a while, you realize I think there's something here that perhaps is being exposed uh, by this now. Three times in Exodus and three times in Numbers. You can just do a word study if you want. But what surprised me was when I looked at the uh, original rendering of the word grumble in the Hebrew, as, as we know, that's what the Bible, and it's not like you have to be a scholar to understand it, but it does help enrich your understanding when you look at the original rendering of the word. And what surprised me was this word, the Hebrew word for grumbling is not, uh, what it seems to be here, because it's the Hebrew word loon, which means to lodge, okay, or to stay for the night, or to abide, or to camp out, okay. Again, that's my paraphrase. And so, if you think about it, there's this same word uh, grumble, or which is an English interpretation and translation by the uh, by the translators, is is taken from this word. Uh, to lodge or to stay for the night. And it's actually used in Psalm 91 verse 1. Remember that? He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall rest in the, uh, shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And so as I thought about this, I realized there's, this word can actually have a positive connotation and application and also a negative one at the same time. So uh, I guess that's just the nuance of that language. And so, the, it can have a positive connotation, which means to rest, to be take refuge in God, or it says to uh, to camp out. You and, and it, it that's hit me. You're probably familiar with the saying, "Hindi ako makamove on," isn't it? So apparently, when you're grumbling and you're complaining, in a sense, it's hard for you. You're unwilling, or, or maybe that's a strong word. But it seems like you can't seem to move on. You're just stuck where you are uh, because of whatever experience you have. And so as I thought about this, 
um, you know, when we go through difficult circumstances and pain in our lives, um, you know, there's a place obviously where we need God's intervention and our heart attitude needs to be uh, to allow God to bring comfort to us. But at the same time, if this is something that keeps recurring in our lives, then perhaps there's something that we need to learn from this story. And uh, what we learn here is actually God responded to the complaining and the grumbling, if you will, of the Israelites. And we see three responses of God here, which um, I know I could reflect on this more, but this was something, um, it just, the Lord just opened my eyes because I'm, this is such a familiar text to me, but I've never seen it in this light. And so I trust that the Lord will speak to each one of you uh, when we face perhaps situations like this, where we're experiencing bitter waters, if you will, or things that have happened to us over such a long time. What was the first response of God in light of that? Number one, he turned the bitter water sweet. Okay, that's uh, straight from the text. He says, the Lord showed Moses a log. Actually, in the NIV, the log is translated tree. And when he placed the log or the tree in the water, it actually became sweet. Now, let me give you a clue, okay? We won't take too much time to do that. Actually, tree is a, is a, uh, is a term used in Scripture. When you look throughout Scripture, you learn from biblical theology something uh, that has to do uh, when you're able to look at these uh, look at these descriptions all throughout the scripture, there's an important theological lesson that we learn. Remember the time when Adam and Eve, there were two trees in the garden, and you could go on. Psalm one talks about, uh, you know, uh, uh, blesses the man. He's like a tree planted by streams of water. And finally, if you think about it, where was Jesus hung on? He was hung hung on a tree, isn't it, or a cross as we know it. So there's something redemptive there, at least, that God, through that tree, pointing to what Christ has done, can turn whatever bitter experiences you've had into something that can be sweet in a redemptive way. So that's the first lesson that we have here. Um, um, but it's also interesting, uh, it says the Lord showed uh, Moses a tree, and um, the word show, in the original language also means to teach or to instruct. In fact, you get the word, you get the, derive the word Torah or instruction or law. And one of the commentaries, uh, Kasuto C, believes that in a way, the purpose of this narrative, this story we read, points to God beginning to transition them from their time of slavery into a time where he was beginning to prepare them to receive the law of God, the instructions of God um, for the days ahead. Because remember what we're seeing here, uh, this is part of a journey from slavery through the wilderness and eventually into the promised land, which brings us to number two. Uh, second less response of God is the Lord began to teach them to hear and obey his words. So he says he used this incident to, to test them. And, you know, the word test, uh, I don't know about you, nobody likes to hear the word test, right? Because uh, whether you're a student or whether you're uh, applying for a job, uh, because I don't know about you, but I learned this growing up. And I think that's still probably the attitude of uh, 
people when it comes to a test. We think that somehow a test is designed to make us fail. Actually, uh, I wish I'd learned this when I was still in high school and college. I wasn't a follower of Christ then. Actually, a test has a good purpose. It's to make you pass to the next level. A test isn't for you to fail. A test is for you to be promoted. And I believe this is where the Lord's coming from here. He said he tested them to see what was in their hearts. And, and I can show you that. I can show that to you from Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 2 to 3. It says, And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you all these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you and, te and test you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commands or not. He humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know. So this is another uh, incident. You know, I know we're talking about water, but here uh, it, it's a whole experience. And they were also hungry. That's why the Lord gave them manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that you might know that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. And listen, brothers and sisters, when you are going through times of testing, when you're going through lack, when you're going through adversity, the Lord, as I believe is the case here, He was te teaching them to learn not to depend anymore on what they were trusting in, uh, uh, most likely the gods of Egypt, because that's where they grew up, but to begin to rely more on the voice of the Lord to guide them. And that's a lesson we all need to learn, isn't it? Every time you go through adversity, Every time you go through lack, it's to teach you. Man does not live on bread alone. We cannot uh, be, be victorious just relying on physical sustenance. We need the spiritual sustenance of God Himself through His Word and by His Spirit. And I think that's a lesson. The, the sooner we learn that, the better off we are to move on in our journey of faith. And finally, number three, the Lord brought them to Elim. Interesting. Uh, so, uh, again, uh, they're, they're saying this place of, uh, again, in the commentary from the crossing of the Red Sea to about Elim is anywhere from 40 to, uh, I think, 80 miles. So, uh, you know, in a desert place, that's, that's a long distance, isn't it? Um, but yet, eventually, they didn't stay there in that bitter water. Moses still led them, and they ended up in Elim, which is a place of water springs and date palms. As I said, um, uh, this journey of faith we have, remember, uh, the things that happen, 1 Corinthians says, the things that happen to Israel are a lesson for us. Because the same journey that they went through is most, most uh, very similarly the journey of faith we will have. From, from the land of lack and slavery in Egypt to the land of just enough in the desert to a land of abundance uh, in the promised land. And here... This was still part of the journey in the wilderness, but Elim, as I said, was a place of spring, so there was certainly refreshing there. But interestingly, it was also a place of palms, or at least uh, the, 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 the word study that I did, most likely the palms were date palms. Um, if you're familiar with dates, uh, you know, that's one of the favorite things I have uh, uh, when I have friends from the Middle East come. Now, I have to control my blood sugar, but date palms are really sweet, and that's where... In many ways, uh, that's where uh, the reference to land of milk and honey. Uh, I, th I thought it was more like bees, but it's really um, dates are a sweet, star uh, starchy uh, fruit, isn't it? And when it's dried, uh, ang sarap, di ba? And that's where you actually 
can make honey from that. But more than the fruit, this is what I learned in my study. Um, palm branches, or palm trees rather, are actually a common symbol of triumphant survival because they thrive and survive even where most green trees die. In other words, in the desert, hardly any tree grows except for palm trees. Okay, And so it is a symbol actually for victory over enemies. In fact, the leaves of the palm tree are very strong. Now, I guess our coconut tree would be uh, similar, but in fact, they say, uh, the commentary says, the leaves of the palm tree are very strong. They are used to weave baskets and mats as well as roofs to give protection from the elements. And uh, as I said, the most common, so there are other palm trees, okay? So I'm just using date palm as one of the common palm trees. It doesn't say that in the text, but we can surmise that it's probably date palms. Uh, but the point is, that's in, you can see this also in Psalm 92 verse 12, most species of palm trees have an amazing ability to flourish in desert areas where other trees scarcely survive. They're able to withstand intense heat and dryness because of their large deep roots that go far below the earth's surface and they find nourishment in the springs of water that are underneath. So in other words, a palm tree symbolizes triumph in difficult circumstances. And I think as we end this morning's devotion, I think that's such an apt picture to help us see the journey of faith that God has for us. That even though we make through, we may still walk through desert trees, I mean through desert seasons in our lives, yet God wants to bring us to Elim where we can have refreshing from the Spirit of God, but also develop the, the ability to thrive, the ability not just to survive, but to thrive and be like a palm tree and develop that overcoming ability so that we might be people whom God can use for His kingdom. And so let me just end with that thought and pray a blessing over every one of those, every one of you, okay? Lord, we're grateful, Lord, that even through this journey of the Israelites through the desert, uh, your intention was not for them to stay in the desert, but to go through the desert and into the promised land. And Father, whether we've experienced or are continuing to experience perhaps times of drinking bitter water or going through bitter times. Yet, Father, thank you that you can turn them into sweet waters because of the finished work of Christ on the cross. Thank you, Lord, that you teach us your ways. For you said, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from you. Thank you that your word is available to us every day, just like what we're doing now. And Lord, thank you that you will form and shape us to become like palm trees, uh, whose sink, uh, roots sink deep inside, Lord. As Psalm, the psalmist said, we're like a man, uh, we're like a tree planted by streams of water. Let us be that people in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus.
I hope this lesson makes uh, it. If you can't find date palms, at least you can drink buko juice. Okay, so have a great day, everyone. God bless you. Thanks for joining us today. We hope this helps you build a habit of hearing from God daily. For more messages like these, follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to watch these messages live every morning, visit us on Facebook.com/slash. Victory PH.